This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is Bill Polian, and you're listening to the Eye Test for Two. Welcome to the second half of our Memorial Day edition of the Eye Test for Two. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. And as you should know by now, we're Hall of Fame voters joined, as always, by our Hall of Fame producer, Ian Glendon. Now, today is such a special occasion that we convinced our Ira Kaufman to get off the beaches at Daytona and join us. And it's a special occasion because we have a longtime friend of mine and Ira's. Indianapolis owner Jim Ursay with us. Now, I didn't ask Jim to join us to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guys. I didn't, although we could. But to give us perspective on what Tom Brady is going to face this fall when he returns to New England. Because, guys, the exact same scenario took place in 2013 when Peyton Manning, who starred for Jim's Colts, was drafted by the Colts and uh, returned to Indianapolis for the first time in his career as a member of the Denver Broncos. Now the Colts won that game 39 to 33. It was Denver's first loss since October 7th, the previous year. It ended a 19 game winning streak. And we've asked Jim here to share his thoughts on that Sunday evening. Jimmy, first of all, thanks for joining us. And second, you must resolve an issue that arose on this program a couple of weeks ago, namely the ball that was Tom Brady's first touchdown pass ever was going to be put up for auction. And I asked my colleagues here, what do you think that's going to command in terms of price? And Ira Kaufman said, whatever Jim Ursay can afford, meaning you're <laughs> going to buy it, Jim. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't well, see you. I don't. So I don't. I don't see sunscreen on the beaches of Daytona anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't see you in the market for a Tom Brady football. You know, a Keith Moon drum kit, maybe, but not a Brady football. No, don't underestimate that. I, I, um, I have Jackie Robinson's bat, which is a real treasure that, that he hit a homer in the World Series, uh, game seven, I think it was, um, and, uh, I have a Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig signed baseball, uh, both Babe and Lou on there, which is rare. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, uh, interestingly enough, and the sports world too, a, a side story, I won't get off track too much, but, you know, Joe DiMaggio was really a dear friend of mine and, and, uh, um, you know, had been friends since I was a late teenager all the way to the end of his life. Um, so big time on the sports end, of course, Unitas and Peyton and, and a lot of other things. I have Muhammad Ali's uh, 
shoes in the thrill in Manila that he fought Frazier in, in the third fight. Um, so lots of sports stuff. Um, some that I can't even um, think of right now, uh, Clark. But uh, you know, I think that ball is probably going to go. I, I mean, first of all, Boston has a lot of money on the East Coast and and, and that sort of thing, and and um, just just you know, Tom's obviously incredible legacy um, and all those things. You know, I think, boy, I you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see that command, you know, somewhere around three to four million dollars. Right. Well, that's it actually really- what Ira said when we had talked about it. And that's why I said Jim Irsay. I could see Jim Irsay taking it. So anyway, I'll, I'll take that as a maybe at least, Jim. Um, I, I, I'm i going to go back to Peyton Manning. If it goes through, I'll be listed as anonymous bidder from Indianapolis. <laughs> I don't think so. through that. <laughs> Oh, that's just among the three of us, right? <laughs> um, so since you mentioned Peyton, uh, I want to go back to that day in 2013 when he returned to Indianapolis for the first time since leaving. What do you remember most about that Sunday evening and that game? Boy, it's a great question when, when you called about wanting to talk about it. I, I really kind of went back in time and it brought me to, to that place um, that seems a while ago now um, just because Peyton and I are so close and we always have been and, and how much he means to me and how much I love him and um, just uh, forever in, in debt to him for being the, the great professional and the great person that he is. Um, so, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit about, about uh, Ali. Frazier, you know, in the ring, it was vicious, you know, as vicious as two champions could be. Yet when Ali was, you know, couldn't fight because of draft problems and all those things, Frazier, you know, showed up in a car and gave him money uh, to make sure he was doing okay. I mean, it was that type of relationship that existed between those guys. And one thing with Peyton is we love each other. But boy, are we both competitors. And, and, you know, I'd be a liar to say I didn't want to beat his ass. And I know he wanted to beat my ass all within <laughs> the context of the gridiron field for those three hours. But man, he wanted to put a whooping on me. I want to put a whooping on him. And, 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 and you know, it's just, it's just, I, I know the competitors that we both are. So that goes without saying. But it's very strange because. You know, before the game, um, we had talked in about the video tribute we did, and it, it's just really, you know, you have these torn, mixed feelings. But, but um, boy, once that ball goes in the air and you're competing, um, they're just an outstanding football team, and we are at home, and and and, and it was a big time. I mean, look at it, it, it. You know, he went to Denver and proved just how much greater of a player he was and did incredible things, you know, as, as I thought he would. And, and, um, I, I didn't think any less of him and, and, uh, we got off and, and with Andrew and, and got in the playoffs the first year and we're, you know, got to the championship game against the Patriots. And so, so we were off and running too. And, and it, it was, it was just a, a great football game. And, um, 
it, it was something where, you know, if you're torn because, man, you want to beat the other guy. But, but once it's over, you know, you, you, you know, you love and respect the other guy so much. It's just, it's in the theater of what competitors are about. That's really what it was all about. Competitors, when they compete, um, it doesn't really matter even if they're blood brothers, you know, when, when they go into that ring, um, you know, they're, they're in it to win. Jim, I got a very serious question for you. I'm glad you're sitting down. So here it is. What's more important for Jim Ursay going forward? Another Super Bowl victory or owning the black Stratocaster Hendricks played at Monterey? <laughs> well, let, let me be very clear on, on this answer, Ira. You know, I, I am into winning professional football games and championships. There, I'm very – anything else I do, it, it, it's a sidekick. It's an amateur hour. It's, it's for fun. It's, but, but, but for 50 years, you know, I have loved and breathed this game. Um, love this game, and, and every waking day I wake up, it, it, it's how can we get a Super Bowl victory and how can we be, be have greatness and do it the right way and do it in, in, in memorable ways. Um, and that, that just means everything to me, I, I, you know, professionally or the things I get into in other parts of my life. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just, um, you know, it's professional football and it's about winning and winning the Lombardi Trophy and winning more than one this decade is the, the, the only thing that really matters to me professionally. I'm not, of course, talking about my family or, or, um, anything like that. But, uh, uh, so, um, you know, but it would be nice to have both, Ira. <laughs> I can't do both of them. <laughs> hey, Jim, um, Take, take me back to last year, a free agency in March. Um, all of a sudden, you know, Philip Rivers is out there and a guy named Tom Brady's out there. And Jim, I believe you've said that, you know, you, you kind of looked into Brady a little bit and, you know, you ended up with Rivers, who had a very, very good season. Um, we know what happened with Brady in the Bucks. So, Jim, was it, was it a serious run at Brady? And how shocked are you about what happened with Brady in the Bucks? Yeah, Ira, it was very interesting because, you know, when Chris Ballard and I hired Frank Reich, if I would have whispered to him at the press conference and said, well, I'm from the future, and the only thing I can report to you is for your first four years, your quarterback, you know, will be Andrew Luck and um, Jacoby Brissett and Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz. In four years, he'd look at me and say, you know, you know are you out of your mind? You know, only in the NFL, of course, but but uh, it was serious. Um, uh, we had so much respect and, and interest for um, for Tom, and and uh, I just I just think the world of him a, a, as a competitor and person, and and uh, um, it would have been you know a real privilege uh, to have his greatness walk through. But but with um, Frank's familiarity with Philip 
and, and that sort of thing. We we thought that that maybe that mix might be, um, you know, the, the way to go. And uh, I just, you know, I give Bruce Arians so much credit and, and Tom Moore down there and Clyde Christensen and, of course, Tom and, 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 and the whole group that, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think they could, could push that through for the whole season through the Super Bowl stage, healthy and have enough steam um, with the roster with that kind of age. But, boy, they did, you know, and uh, um, it's one of the most impressive things that I've seen because, um, uh, you know, they came out of the NFC, which was easier than coming out of the AFC, but it wasn't easy. And, of course, playing the great Chiefs team that they did and and and, um, and winning, uh, it, it was special. So, you know, with Tom, you don't really know what to say except that nothing surprises you if he says, I'm playing the 60. I say, well, I believe it. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. he says, you know, I, we just have to make sure he's from this planet someday. You know, <laughs> he's so incredible. <laughs> We're with Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay, and uh, this is the high test for two. And Jim, I'm going to go back again to that 2013 game in Indianapolis with Peyton. And as you remembered earlier in this broadcast, uh, there was a video tribute to him before. And as I know you probably remember, in the stands, there were a lot of Colts jerseys, number 18. There were some Broncos orange jerseys, number 18. There are also some half and half number 18 jerseys, half Colts, half Broncos jersey. But that video tribute to him was moving. And I know Manny said afterwards that he was emotional, that it really got to him. Were you emotional looking at that video? Oh, very much so. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a strange environment. I mean, you have to understand that at the time you're looking at that game as being a, a pivotal game in the conference you know, having a home field advantage in the playoffs potentially and things like that against a, another team that's going to be there. Um, and, and so you're really looking at the context of what is it going to take to win the Super Bowl in 2013 and competitively everything else goes out the window. But the human side of you just, um, you know, I, I, I just uh, look at when, when, when Peyton and I took that, two-and-a-half-hour flight from Miami to Indy, and, and we worked things through, just him and I alone. Um, you know, that, that's, like, the hardest thing that, that, that you know, I ever had to go through. I know um, the same with him um, because it's it, 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 it just, you know, it, it's just so, so very difficult. Um, but, like I said, he always looks at things through, the, the lens of a general manager, of an owner, and he understood it too. A lot of people forget the cap problems we had in 2011, and we had to cut guys like Gary Brackett, Dallas Clark, and Joseph Adai and others just to make it, you know, under the salary cap. So we had real cap problems, and we were in a big transition. Um, so it worked out great for both teams, but it, it wasn't what I wanted. I mean, I, I wanted to see you know, him play his whole career, retire as a Colt, but, but it wasn't the right decision to make um, as a steward of, of this professional football team, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, you can't let emotion get involved in, in those decisions. You know, 
in professional football, we're all paid to win. And you try to make those decisions um, as best you can with, with, with that in mind. I mean, it's not an alumni league or something like that where, um, you know, you're just, just trying to do things because it's a feel good thing. You know, I've had some situations where, you know, I've had general manager and had coaches that wouldn't cut a guy, you know, and, and, and cut a guy that, that was really hard to cut where the fans would be upset at you and just, you know, the relationship that you have with the players such that, you know, it, it, it just becomes so difficult. Um, but I've always been able, um, and they know, to look them in the eye and say, don't tell me what's tough and what's not tough because what I, what what had to transpire with Peyton is something that that shouldn't have to transpire, um, you know, to anyone who's who's responsible for a direction of a professional team. But it did, you know. You don't take on this role as as owner and CEO if you're not ready for those those things to come across, um, you know, your your decision making channels. I, I mean, you have to be able to um, make the right decision and the tough decision. Um, and when I walk in the locker room and the players see me and the coaches see me, they have to know that guy did everything he could to make this circle as strong as it could be. He did nothing except try to build this team to be as great as it could be. And every other consideration is pushed out the window. Um, uh, and that's just what I believe I, I know seen around, um, you know, the Tex Rams, Al Davis's, uh, Paul Brown's, George House's that, you know, having known those guys, I, I, I just know um, what's been taught to me a long time ago about what you have to do. And, and, it, and it's hard to win. It's hard to make those decisions. Right. And, and I know how close you were to Peyton Manning and how close the two of you were, and I think probably still are. And in, in New England, um, Robert Kraft has a similar relationship, I think, with Tom Brady. Uh, he, I think it's sometimes called him sort of an adopted son. But I'm wondering what you think he is feeling now that Tom Brady's going to come back there like Peyton came back to Indianapolis. And if he asked you, Jim, what advice do you have for me? Because you had mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings, too. What would you tell him? You know, I, I, I know that, that, um, you know, both, both, uh, you know, Bill and, and, and Robert, um, it, it'll be, be something where, um, like Tom, you know, that they're, they're very much, um, competitive guys, you know, right. and, and they look at the prism of like, look, it's, this is a football game. It's a very important football game. Um, and, um, uh, you know, we need to win this football game for what we're trying to accomplish in 2021. And that's where their, their, their focus will be. But, but before and after the game, it, 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 it's tormenting and, you know, you can expect a wave of emotion to come across because it's when, when all of a sudden you see that tribute and, and you see that jersey and you see that guy. I mean, it's very unusual. Most people don't see that, you know, that guy come back. That guy meant so much to your franchise. 
that guy that you love so much, and I know how much they they love common in New England as they should. Um, it it it's it, it's very difficult. It, it it really really you know is 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 a you know a hard situation. I mean, I don't know if it's like you know an ex-wife where you're just glad that she met someone and is doing well, but you know part of your heart's still broken. You know, it's just it, yeah. it, it it's a tough tough deal, but you have to keep it in the context of of just that game and what you're trying to accomplish in the now as a competitor in the National Football League. Um, because each one of our games means so much. If you're truly looking to be in the playoffs, you know, every game um, brings that, that, that aspect to it. Um, you know, with 17 games now, everyone's got to feel, well, I got to win at least 11 games. And that doesn't leave much room for error um, in the regular season. Jim, um, the last few years, Hall of Fame's opened its doors to Peyton, Edron James, Jim, and Marvin Harrison. I'm going to ask you about two other Colts, Jim. Reggie Wayne and Dwight Freeney is going to be considered um, very shortly. So, Jim, make, make a short case for Reggie Wayne and Dwight Freeney and why they belong in Kent. Well, I, I tell you, from where, where I sit, and believe me, I've watched these guys through practices and games over a long, long, long period of time. And, you know, first of all, with Freeney, um, uh, you know, he, he really was a, a rare, rare player. And, and really kind of Bill Polian and taking him changed the whole dynamic about can you really take, you know, a pass rusher, you know, six feet one, and and, and you're saying, you know, he's going to play against these big tackles and he's going to be able to dominate and, and, and be great in those things. And, and I tell you, with Dwight, you know, his stats do not see even close, even close to the havoc he caused. Every time he turned on the film, you know, within one second, there's this bar fight on that side, on the right side of the defense. I mean, just a bar fight. I mean, you know, he is in a mayhem, and there's two or three guys attempting to stop his mayhem, and he is causing so much disruption. And, um, you know, I don't think Bruce Smith got, got the attention he got because back then you just didn't say, well, you know, if we have to, you know, block him with two and chip him with the third, we will. We're not going to let him, you know, destroy the football game. And, and Dwight was just unbelievable. You know, I, I mean, running four four two um, at two hundred and sixty pounds, and and um, the tenacity he brought, the spin move, but also, you know, he was a powerful guy. He could, you know, rush inside and get up underneath your pads, and he really changed, you know, the dynamic of saying. The general managers, well, I don't care, you know, um, how tall the guy is. We always joke, you know, you know, at, at, at Freeney's Ring of Honor, he came in with Michael Jordan, and we were joking with Mathis, you know, it's like, well, Robert says he's taller than you, Dwight. No, he's not. Look at this. You know, so Dwight's actually about an inch taller than Robert. Robert's probably six feet on the money. But but no question on, on Dwight, honestly, I, I – I have no doubt uh, in, in my mind. I know 
you know, there's some folks like, you know, deservedly so. Uh, Kevin Green, God rest his soul, I was there uh, with Marvin when he got inducted or, uh, and with Tony Dungy, but, um, and, and, and there's been some big numbers put up, but Dwight absolutely deserves it. And Reggie is, is, is just so special. I mean, one of the great pattern runners in the history of the game, maybe had the best hands in the history of the game. Um, just, uh, you know, playing opposite of such a great player and Marvin, um, you know, he, he really, you know, completed things for us. Of course, Dallas Clark maybe was the ultimate completion with Bob Sanders, you know, really uh, finishing it off, uh, you know, in the 2004 draft. But still, um, you know, when Reggie became of age and now he had the book in, you know, Reggie just, just was just such a great professional football player. Obviously, his numbers speak for themselves. But you have to remember, um, Marvin took a lot of balls from Reggie because, you know, one year Marvin caught 143 passes, as he should have. He's such a great player. But but Reggie, boy, I, I tell you, um, you know, you're going into a big game, a championship game. You know, I, you, know you, you realize the greatness that, that Reggie brings. And, and just, you know, I, I have to say, carries himself as a team leader. I've seen him many times you know, get up in guys' faces that weren't upholding a standard of excellence and effort and those things. Um, you know, so really, you know, I you know, I think those guys go in. Uh, of course, I think, um, you know, that that uh, uh, the kicker goes in and, and, and uh, you know, we have Tony in there and Bill, of course, as well, Ira. So, you know, we've been so blessed, uh, you know, and it's such an honor for me to, been um, Marvin's inductee and be able to do that for Edger now, you know, it's, it's the greatest privilege um, as an owner and a steward to be asked by these players to do that for them because they have so many choices and I consider it the greatest honor to be able to do that. And so excited about uh, August, this, this coming August, coming up with Peyton and Edger. Jim, this is uh, my last question. Jim, thanks so much for your time. Uh, Jim, this is something that might haunt you at night uh, a little bit, but what, what do you what do you think the legacy of Andrew Luck would be, would have been, Jim, had he remained healthy and and played 12, 15 years instead of five full seasons? What would what would we be looking at with Andrew Luck? Well, obviously, it, it, it's a great question um, and one that. Um, you can torment yourself with. I, I, I think that in life and you look at, you know, each of our journeys and, and what path we choose to go down. Um, I, 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 I just, I don't think, you know, anyone knows, even Andrew knows for sure, um, you know, what, what led him to, to say at 29 that it was time and those things. But, um, you know, I, I respect the decision that he made. Look at, I mean, he left, you know, more than a half a billion dollars on the table, a half a billion dollars to turn his back on, which is more than just legacy money and uh, for multiple, multiple, multiple generations. Um, and and um, left behind, you know, the, the great stewardship of 
Chris Ballard and Frank Wright, and and um, uh, it, 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 it torments you. But I, you know, the thing that you learn in this league in this game um, is it's a big league and it's a big game, and 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 um, uh, there's you know great great players being born every day coming into this league. Um, you know, some are, are so rare that you don't see the likes of them very often, like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. But um, I think um, it torments you just because you really can see that Andrew would have been one of those Hall of Fame guys with multiple championships. I, I, I just um, – it, 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 it's just something where you have to accept, you know, and I accept his decision perspective um more interested that you know that he's having a good life and i know he's a good father to lose his daughter and and um you know and, and has a chance to have a a great life ahead of him i think it it, it always remains um a mystery a little bit you know I, I i mean jim brown that's not as mysterious to me as this you know um and, um, you know, you just don't know, Ira, sometimes it, 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 it's one of those situations where I, I never thought, um, you know, that, 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 that we'd be experiencing it. You know, normally when you make that transition in 2011 to 12 and, and, and you shake hands, it's like, hey, you know, I'll be here 20 years until you get sick of me, you know, and, and um, uh, you know, in this case, um, you know, I, I didn't quite think I'd ever go through anything like that. I, I It was just so surreal, you know, seeing it come apart during a preseason game with the way the Internet is now and spreading so quickly and then sitting in the bowels of Lucas Oil Stadium in a press conference, you know, seeing this cheerful farewell. I mean, you have to remember, I mean, that's just, you know, weeks, you know, before we opened the season and, and, and we were just in training camp and I just, you know, he was just throwing the ball around and Peyton had come in and I talked to Peyton about Andrew and how he was doing and, and um, uh, just, um, it's, it, 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 you know, I, I think, you know, he, you know, it's an alternate reality, Iris. So with those, we're only guessing, but I mean, I think, you know, he wins two championships at least and, and, and is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but, it, you know, it, it just wasn't to be. Jim, I know you said it, it tormented you that he had to depart so early in his career. I know the situation was different. I know the circumstances are different. But does it torment you that Peyton Manning didn't retire as an Indianapolis Colt? In other words, that he didn't spend his entire career with the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I, I would say that it it it. it I wouldn't say it, it, it torments me as much. It it it, it, it saddens me and, and and disappoints me some. Um, you know, I I just you know you, you just you know you feel responsible because you just feel like could I have done something differently? You know, um, to have made that happen. And I, I look back and I I can't because I have to go by you know, the principal fundamentals that I think are essential about being a good steward and, and being a good leader, 
you know, to the circle, as I say, and, and, um, and to the whole team. So I, you know, it, it, it's disappointing. Um, you know, obviously the Surrey book way to go out was um, with, you know, seeing John Elway win two and retire a Bronco. And, and that, that was incredible. You know, Pat Bowen and I were, were really good friends. And, and um, I know Pat was, um, you know, suffering, you know, from Alzheimer's yeah. towards the end, but it was great to see, you know, he loved Peyton. He'd call me and, you know, when we got close and lost in, you know, 03 and 04 and 05, you know, he'd be like, don't you worry, you know, it's coming. You're, you're going to, you know, be at Super Bowls. You're going to win Super Bowls. And, um, you know, he just loved Peyton. I said, well, well, you know, you've been through a long journey. I said, well, what did you do the the, the, the first time when you won that first Super Bowl, what did you do with the trophy? He said, well, I took it to my hotel and I slept with it in bed. <laughs> I said, ah, that's what to do. So I did the same thing in Miami. You know, there was no one in the room and I got in that bed and I fell asleep and that trophy was on my pillow. I said, two generations of father and son chasing this damn thing for almost 50 years and here, here it sits and it's definitely going to rest on this pillow tonight. I won't be here the rest of the time. I'll be on a journey, I know. But but it was uh, – uh, I'm glad my friend Pat Bowen uh, advised me, what does an owner do with the trophy the first night after you win the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim Irsay, it always torments us to end this conversation. It was great talking to you. And I'll see you at the Hall of Fame this year. I'm talking about the Rock and Roll Hall, Jim, when Todd Rundgren is inducted on October 30th. Uh-oh. Very, very talented musician there. Hello, it's me, Clark. So, yeah, but great yeah. you know, two great Hall of Fame writers, that's for sure. You know how much I respect you and Ira, and I, I must confess, you know, I'm in these rooms now, and the only person left from the beginning you know, when I first started full time is Mike Brown, you know, who's who's an Octarian and and uh you know, we got a lot of great young writers and there's so many mediums out there now, but but you know, I go back to the old days with you guys, which doesn't seem like that long ago until uh you know, um I really start thinking about it and then, you know, you realize how long it's been, but you guys uh mean so much to our game and the legacy you bring with your knowledge and it's always a privilege to talk to a couple of veterans out there. So thanks so much for having me. Very kind of you, Jim. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jim. All right. Guys. Thank you. Thanks, Ira. Bye-bye. Ira, great question. Great question on Andrew Luck. I thought his uh, response was interesting. You know, uh, he was fabulous. He was fabulous, Clark. He was right on point. He was on point uh, on every question. He got emotional. And um, yep. I'm very happy with the way it turned out. Oh, those fans keep cheering, Ira. Either that's because you kept your shirt on yesterday at the pool, or because it's our weekly I Was There feature. And you know what? I think it was our weekly I Was There feature. So where were you, and when were you there? Clark, this is an honor of our illustrious guest, Jim Ursay, who was fantastic. And this is one of the great days in Ursay's ownership of the Colts. January 4th, Clark, 2014. My beloved Kansas City Chiefs, who I've followed 
since the mid-60s, since Len <laughs> Dawson was smoking a cigarette in the middle of, you know, in, in the halftime of the Super Bowl. My beloved Chiefs, Clark, are up 38-10 to 10 in the third quarter of a playoff game at Indianapolis. And the next thing you know, Andrew Luck leads a comeback for the ages. 35 second half points. Luck finishes 443 yards, four touchdowns. They're minus three in the turnover differential. The Colts, it doesn't matter. Final, Colts 45, Chiefs 44, and Clark, it was the first year of the Andy Reid era in Kansas City. What a way to start. One of the historic comebacks in NFL history. I remember it well, and that provoked people to say, Andy Reid can't win the big game. Well, I guess he can. The only thing I don't understand there, is what you're talking about. You said your beloved Chiefs. I thought the Bucs were your beloved team. What's going on? No, I'm talking about 1965, 1966, playing the Buffalo Bills with Albert Golden Wheels Dubinion in the AFL championship game. Clark, I go back a ways. And you know what? That was 10 years before the Bucks were even born. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I'm going with the Chiefs, number one. And Buck fans, they never let me forget about it, Clark. They're all over me. Oh, we, how could you root for the Chiefs? And of course, who plays in last year's Super Bowl? The Chiefs and the Bucks. My and attitude was let the Bucks win one. The Chiefs just won. <laughs> let the Bucks win one. Ian, you better keep your eyes on this guy when the Chiefs come to town. No cheering in the press box. There Ira, final go, thoughts. Final thoughts, Ira. Final thoughts is, you know, say what you want about Jim Ursay, his ups, his downs. He's had a lot of them, yes. Clark. However, what's the one phrase that he kept coming back to? Steward of the franchise. Yeah. And everything else falls by the wayside. And I believe him when he says he's going to do everything he can to get another Vince Lombardi trophy for the Colts. And you know what, Clark? They got a pretty darn good team. Yeah, they do, depending on how Carson Wentz works out. Uh, We'll see how that works out. Uh, I want to make a a, a plug for this weekend. That's Memorial Day weekend. I had a father who was in the military for 30 years, U.S. Marine Corps, served in three wars. Our family today and our family then always, always remember to acknowledge our military who died serving this country, and we will continue to do so this year. Um, That's going to do it. So, uh, Ira, Ian, thank you. And uh, people out there, thanks for listening. Remember to tell your friends about this podcast and tell them where to find it. It's fullpressradio.com. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend.